Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, is Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and we have a special guest on this episode, Mr. Jeff Stebbins. Stebbins from Arizona, how you doing? <laughs> Good. How you guys doing? Good. Uh, I brought Stebbins on today. I asked him if he wanted to join. Can I call you Stebbins? Jeff. I, I mean, because there's all these Jeffs on the call. I uh, should probably go many, that route. Yeah, <laughs> way too many Jeffs. Um, so anyway, I, I asked Jeff to join because Jeff has extensive experience in the business world, uh, also in the rock world, and just overall uh, a... I think a good outlook on life. Um, and you also have a new podcast as well. And yeah. so I, I wanted to bring Jeff on to talk to all you guys about how you can, uh, you know, make life for yourself. And that's one thing we believe in here, which is taking responsibility uh, for yourself, despite the troubles we see in America and how much uh, you <laughs> feel like you want to be a victim. You're still not a victim. Uh, you can, you can still make your way through uh Schitt's Creek with a paddle and jeff jeff has the paddle what did you think about that intro song man you think we should change it i mean yeah. i was feeling it i yeah. i was ready to start a mosh but probably one of my favorite bands of all time okay so also so everyone knows before we get into it that is uh jeff's band three pill morning which charlie uh, hung around with followed them yeah. around for a little bit just uh, fanboyed yeah. I was a roadie. year after year. I was a I was a roadie, yeah. So if you've been hearing our <laughs> intro, we've been using that for like two years, if that's okay I was with a, you, Jeff. And I was so, a parking lot lizard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the lot lizard, yes. Lot lizard. There we go. All right, so Jeff, what do you what do you do? Everyone's sick hearing us talk. Let everyone know who you are, what you do. Yeah. Um as Charlie mentioned, Jeff Stebbins uh, got to know you guys through the music scene, but uh, much like the GML mantra is, have really started to look at ways that we can create the life that we want, certainly as musicians, as entrepreneurs, just as people living in this world, you know, trying to maximize life as much as possible. And, and to be honest, I just wanted to talk with Nate because he's the one that knows just about everything there is to know. So I was like, maybe Nate can drop yeah. some knowledge and help me, you know, with some gaps that I have in yeah. things, but mm -hmm. I know Charlie doesn't know shit, so that's why I was excited to talk to Nate. We yeah. know that for sure. Yeah. Fuck that Chuck guy. I'm glad you noticed. Yeah. Hey, don't worry, the live group gives me hell every day, and it's just, you know. They, yeah. they actually created a t-shirt for me that says, God hates Chuck. Ooh. Yeah. They're so, brutal on that. Hey, that's fine. I can handle it. No, uh, again, just... Charlie and I go way back. Nate and I go way back um, through the music scene. So again, appreciate you guys having me on. I'll say this, just what you guys are doing with GML. I mean, from day one, I, I followed you guys back even when you started with like your whiskey of the week or something like that. Is that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that's like that's how long I've been days. like, this is cool what these guys yeah. are doing. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. Back when I was drinking. Still. Yeah, you, yeah, that's <laughs> right. And Nate's yeah. been sober for four years Four, year, four yeah. and a half Ooh. years, yeah. Well, well now, that makes it tough now, to do that sponsorship. Now Jeff is fanboying, so you heard it that's live right. here on the podcast. So <laughs> hey, we us, pay our mutual respects to begin right. with, and now give us a little now we bit get into it more of your story. I mean, I can I can kind of uh, prelude this with um, you know I remember way back in the day when we were on the road together. Um, you would Jeff would uh, work all day uh, constantly on phone calls, and I didn't know what that was like until after my after I retired from music, um, <laughs> <laughs> and. 
Uh, I'm on the phone all day now, too. But Jeff was on the phone all day. Then we would play a show, and then we would load out, and, and then Jeff would uh, be on the phone again and slash driving to the next gig and then wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and do the same thing. So kind of give us you know, give us a little story. What drives you? What motivates you? And then how did you uh, get to where you are today? Yeah, so uh, you know, a lot of people start their their musical journey, I guess, you know, you, either in high school or right out of high school. Um, always had an interest in that, but went and did what everybody tells you to do. Go get that college degree. You're going to need mm-hmm. that in life. And I struggled through. I made it. Um, I got a degree, which I, I guess is good, but, you know, was never super passionate about what I had a degree in. And pretty much, I Basket would say weaving. three or four. What's that? Basket weaving. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Th- that was the only way I could get A's. <laughs> but, um, you know, sitting there in the corporate world, having graduated and had just started to create a band. And shortly thereafter, I'm like, no, I'm doing this. I'm doing music. But at the same time, seeing so many friends of mine being struggling musicians, I'm like, I need to do this differently. I need to think differently here. Is there a way for me to make money on the road, start a business that also allows me to tour the world, but also coming out of it, whenever that is, I've actually got something that I can continue to grow and have always had kind of that entrepreneurial mindset. And so I quit my corporate job and, you know, guys like Jason Stapleton talk about that nomadic lifestyle or being able to do business from anywhere. And and you guys could certainly do that with yours too. I think I was one of the first that just said the hell with it. I'm going to bring my cell phone and I'm going to call people and I'm going to find ways to make money, uh, cold calling, doing whatever I needed to, and was able to build a business um, while I built a band at the same time. And and it was, yeah, like Charlie mentioned, uh, it, it was a lot of work. It was not a lot of sleep, but I think that mentality has always kind of been the way that I look at things like go, go make it happen for yourself. And, you know, you guys talk a lot a bit about the free market and, and capitalism. And that's, that's how I'm wired. You know, I feel like you can go accomplish just about anything you want to. And as long as you're willing to put the work in and be consistent, you've got a real shot at it. And, and this is kind of where I'm at right now with my life is actually starting to enjoy and appreciate the time I put in for a decade plus of just being consistent, showing up every day, no matter how late the drive or how long the drive got the night before, I was up early making calls and, and you know, had a plan in mind. So yeah, and, and having guys like Charlie and the rest of the band support that and you know, do what needed to be done as musicians as well was huge. So you know, the people that are in your boat make all the difference, but um, you know, here we are now. Yeah, my back hurts, you know, carrying the team <laughs> for all those years. <laughs> carrying Jeff for all that time must have been That's, tough. He literally uh, would carry me. The, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. It's a lot easier than carrying Charlie, That's right. let me yeah. tell you what, I do that every day. <laughs> yeah. Now, the truth is, yeah. I got to have a good time and party. That was my college experience. Was, <laughs> yeah. yes. I was touring with Jeff, and he was my professor. Um, <laughs> so, you said, so you said you were wired that way. I'm, is, I'm trying to pinpoint... Because uh, I think about this in my life, or I'm sure Nate does too. Like, is, Was there anything somebody said... Or there was there a turning point in your life, or did you sell candy bars as a kid? Like, <laughs> what keeps you from this in your mind? What keeps you from this victim mentality? I feel like in our world is so easy to to go down because a lot of them are right. You know, like life is right. hard and it sucks, and a lot of crazy shit happens, and it's unfair, and all of that. And and you have every right to complain about it. But what keeps you from from uh, you know falling down that path and and continuing on the path of uh, self you know responsibility and creating the life that you want that's a good question and you know i i think it's hard to turn it into one 
I guess one event or one thing that happened in my life that all of a sudden, boom, I see the world this way. You know, certainly I had a supportive family growing up. I think things like sports and, um, you know, things like that, I've got a competitive nature. And I think you need to have a little bit of that to be successful. You got to want to win. And, you know, even more recently, those are some of the just things that I think about is how can I compete, whether it's in business or playing Charlie in golf or, or whatever that needs to look yeah. like, how can I compete and win and provide, provide for myself, provide for my family, for the lifestyle that I want, for the freedom that I want. Uh, this is where I think people get tripped up is they, they lose that edge. And maybe I've always had just a little chip on my shoulder or, or whatever it is, but that sort of is the, the secret sauce too, is just wanting to do things that others say you can't do to some degree. I mean, any musician, and fortunately for all three of us, we've had incredible success in music. That's something that I think everybody, I don't care if you're a doctor or a lawyer, somebody dreams about doing, dreams about getting to the level that we were all at. And had we not had that drive and that competitive nature, we would have never gotten there. I mean, you have to have skill and you have to practice and you have to want to be the best in your genre or whatever it is but you do need to have that edge and and that that to me has been the differentiator and and again i guess charlie to your original question where does that come from i don't know i I really don't know I, i i can think of the circumstances in life that have led me here and make me kind of the way that i am but it it is how i'm wired well way to let the listeners down one thing, yeah, yeah, I know. You're either, you're either born with it or you're screwed. That's really all it is. <laughs> now, so one thing I've always wondered, I don't know what came first. Was it the, the business or was it the band? And I don't mean what came first to you. Which one happened first for you? Because one thing I've always been interested in, some people, they go out there, they don't have a plan. They don't have any money saved up. They don't have any kind of income. And they're like, I'm going to start a band. I'm going to go tour and I'm going right. to travel the world. And then some people set up maybe a better foundation first so you can make it through the uh, tough times. I know a lot of people think that when you play music, people just shower you with money and everything like that the whole time. But there are some 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 tough times when you're going around touring as a musician. Which one of those happened first? So this one, it, it really was just taking the risk. I had the band and wanted to really pursue that. And at the time was still in that job. And to me, it was well. you hear the story of a lot of musicians. I had a choice. I could either keep the job or I could go on tour. And I had, you know, just a small tour to begin with, but it was sort of a make or break situation. So leading up to that, knowing that opportunity was coming, that's when I really started to hone in on, okay, I'm doing this for sure. But how do I, this, this corporate job isn't going to be there for me when I get back. Not that I couldn't have gotten another job, but where does that put me? It puts me in a never ending miserable cycle of trying to find jobs in between tours. And even as a bartender, or as some of those jobs that a lot of us musicians work, you know, that's never easy to do. You have to find a very forgiving circumstance to do that consistently. So I said, all right, long-term I'm planning on touring for the next decade. Plus, how do I imagine something with the network that I do have, you know, so Nate, to your point, I mean, it's not like I didn't have any idea how I was going to possibly make some money. I I had some thoughts on how that could work, but then I just started banging the phones and and getting into the network that I had at that time. And lo and behold, it worked out where both of those things were able to be achieved at a similar time. I think you said something important there, which is like, you took the risk, you know, like you, you obviously thought about it and you were methodical, but at the same time, you didn't have all the answers. And I I would say one thing that I think is important is there's nothing like uh, having to accomplish something when your back's against the wall. 
you know? So True. part of it is it's worth taking that leap because then like you don't have any other option. You're like, I've got to pay rent on the first. So there's, you know, and I want a tour. So I've got to do something here to make both of these work out. Um, so I think just taking the, the leap there, you don't have to have everything figured out, but you, I mean, there needs to be some sort of, uh, thought process through it, but still, I think for a lot of people, they're just afraid to take the risk. You know, they have these Absolutely. dreams and they have these, and they're just bogged down by, um, you know, these, the societal pressures or, uh, familial pressures, whatever it may be. And they're so afraid to take that, that leap to unleash the value that they have to offer the market. Did you That's have a lot how of this all ties in? Did you have a lot of support from the people around you with your decision to decide to start touring and all of that, or did you kind of have to push against all of that as well? I mean, I'm a salesperson at heart, so I can make it sound pretty good, like I got everything figured out, you know. So I, I didn't get a lot of pushback because, again, the, the people around me, family, friends, they they trust that I, I've at least got somewhat of a plan. So I had pretty good support, and that's a key too, right? I mean, if you are fighting against the current in every aspect of your life, it's challenging enough to take the risk, but then fighting, like Charlie mentioned, the familial or existential, existential. Uh, things in your life that makes it that makes it even harder to do and and people do it uh, you know i'll say the one thing that i've seen with your show and why i think the band had success and i've had success it, it's not having that magical plan but it is showing up every day and it's the consistency and it's just chipping away at that one percent better every day you know i can use all the the business motivation types of things you can think of but it is so true and and i've even seen this with the band when when we got to a certain level of touring and we released an album that hit billboard charts and we're on all these big tours but it didn't get as big as we would have liked it to or as the label would have liked us to get to like that was kind of it you know after that i didn't really have a plan we were all in for that and i stopped some consistency for a while with the band i, I stopped being passionate about even putting out music or touring and so fortunately i guess or, or i guess either way you want to look at it, I had business to fall back into. And so I dedicated my time and energy to growing that entrepreneurial side of things, getting into more business endeavors and growing a family, doing all those kinds of things. But I stopped being consistent. And so now I've got all these things that I've started to be consistent on the business side, putting out music, keeping in touch with fans and friends from a podcast perspective. And that just starts to flywheel it. And that's one, one thing I always looked at you guys on the GML side. I know it wasn't easy to get that started, having done similar types of things in the past. So the fact that you guys have been consistent, if you would have started and stopped 10 times, you would, you would never be doing what you're doing right now. So that's the one thing that I can tell people is you have to think long-term as hard as, hard as it is. You want to, we all want instant gratification. Um, many times I've started over from zero, even with the band, you know, like, do people even care if we put music out anymore? You know, that kind of stuff. So it, it's hard, but the consistency is key. Yeah, that's a really key point. Do you think, uh, so you talked about uh, getting, you know, billboard charts and big tours and all that. I don't know if it's the same for you. You kind of alluded to it, but I was never satisfied with any of the stuff that my band did. It didn't matter what it was. Uh, some, of the, right. some of the saddest times in my life were when we would go back to our hotel while we were in L.A. filming the commercial. And I, that was like the saddest point of my life for yeah. some reason. You know why? Because it was all downhill from there. Poor that's man. The, that's the way I was thinking. Yeah. It's terrible, what a terrible, terrible life. I feel no, bad No, I'm just for explaining you. what <laughs> level, because 
I know you you probably know this too, Jeb, but when you're thinking like you're in high school and you're like, oh, you're going to do that someday. And you'd be like, yeah, totally. That's like, I would totally enjoy doing that. And I'd be totally satisfied with doing that. Were you ever at, were you ever actually satisfied when you hit one of those things? Uh, and do you think if the answer is no, that that is a really important driver for people to never actually be satisfied? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that it's kind of twofold. And I, I just talked about this this week on, on my podcast that in two decades, I finally I took a trip to Hawaii with my family a few weeks ago. And it's the first time that I wasn't really plugged into work. We had just got through releasing a new single. There, there wasn't a lot of stuff to do so I could really focus on enjoying it and being present for the people around me. And you're absolutely right, Nate. Probably, I don't know if it's a regret, but it's a realization is I never took the time to really enjoy each level that we got to because it wasn't the level that I was aspiring to get to. And the reality is if you're a goal setter, if you're motivated, if you're willing to be consistent, you just keep going past every goal and you never even remember what the hell you set out to begin with. So you don't stop and appreciate these things. And, and again, I don't think it's a regret per se, but we could have enjoyed things a little more. I should have had a little bit more time like Charlie did on the road, enjoying <laughs> being a rock star. You know, I should yeah. have. Um, I tried to get that you motivation. that beer that one time. <laughs> That's right. You said no. But, that motivation has allowed it to get to a level where I think once you maybe get to something where just in your heart, in your mind, in your social circle, in your family, you're at peace with where you're at. Now, you're still the goals and dreams that I have are beyond, I think, bigger than I ever have before, even bigger than wanting to be the biggest rock band in the world. Everything I think is a totally new mindset that's just kind of, I've started to think differently in the last couple of years, but with that, now I'm gonna introduce this new thing that I never did that is actually enjoy what the hell I'm doing and appreciating the people around me and what I've accomplished and celebrating that. I never did that for two decades. I know you, Nate, you maybe still haven't yet, I, I now I have, but I do have the regret. I wish I would have enjoyed some of the stuff that we did. And I can I've said it on the podcast podcast before. I, I did not. I was very unhappy while we were traveling. It didn't matter what it was. I was always thinking about the next thing. How are we going to do this next thing? How do we go further from here? And so I never enjoy what it was that was happening. And I do yeah. I do regret that. And I hopefully I've learned from it. And it sounds like you've learned from it too. See, I'm kind yeah. of the, I'm kind of the opposite where I was a little too, too much in the moment. I, I have a little regret of not getting, you know, more disciplined, I guess, sooner, you know, I kind of, so I think, I think really there should be a healthy balance. You need like, you need a mixture of Chuck and Nate, you know, <laughs> you gotta, that's right. You gotta, you gotta live for the moment and enjoy what's happening. But then also that like, I, I will say one thing about me is I I'm never sat like nothing ever is ever good enough. Although I will enjoy the moment, I'm I just think about what's next later, you know, because it's like it, like you said, if you would have told me when I was a little kid that we would even be here, I would be like, no way, you know. Like <laughs> I grew up in right. a trailer, you know. Like I'm maybe I'll have a house one day, but but to re even reach this level, you're like, it's really exciting. But I'm still. I still want the next level and I want the next one and I want the next one. Right. Um, so I think it's figuring out that healthy balance. And I think what helps is getting older. <laughs> I wonder, so 
Before we move on to some of the business stuff, I wanted to know, Jeff, did Charlie ever maybe get too drunk to play a show? Like, mm. he mentioned not having discipline, but do you have any cool, crazy Charlie stories from us, for us at, at all? What, what was he like? <laughs> what was he like on the road? Honestly, I mean, Char Charlie and I got along awesome, and, you know, we always had a good relationship. But, yeah, there, you know, there's a period of time, I think, Charlie, that you'd admit when you're like, this might be the last tour that I do. And to that point, I'm going to live out every second <laughs> of this tour, like every second, maybe down to the nanosecond. I'm yeah. going to make sure I'm maximizing it. Now, I can't recall Charlie ever missing a show. I don't think that ever happened. And and he always played well, at least as far as I was concerned. But, you know, there we were tight. There was one time. There, I, I there was? He didn't, he didn't miss any, but there are some that he doesn't remember. Well, That's possible. <laughs> no, actually, I, I think I remember. I don't. I don't know if I... Well, you're in Greenland. You're talking about possibly well, no, in Greenland, but I'm talking about the time you told me a bunch of times I'll where give, Jeff well, chewed into your ass. For, yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't I'll, say that might not have happened. <laughs> I'll give you the story. I'll give you the story. But I learned my lesson quickly. Okay, so I remember. I don't remember when it was, but it was probably somewhere in the middle of us touring together. Um, we did have a lot of good moments. We got along great. Nate uh, or uh, Jeff and I were always rapping Eminem uh, at the front <laughs> of the bus. That's and, right. Uh, but there was one show uh, we played at this bar who uh, they, who didn't. They offered us water, um, Miller Lights, and Long Island iced teas. Those were their three <laughs> choices. And I think before the show, I had somewhere around ten Long Island iced teas. Yeah. And I had a blast. I thought the show went awesome. The crowd went nuts. We had a great time. And so after the show, I was excited, and I, we were putting up the equipment and stuff. I was like, oh, man, that was so much fun. And Jeff looks at me and goes, that's probably some of the worst bass playing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, man. This I, is coming back to me now. Yes, yeah, I do remember. remember. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that, that now. But it didn't happen again after that. No, no, I made sure didn't. that I was like one or two drinks before the show, and then I, then I did drink a lot afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but, Yep. No, again, I mean, those things happen. You, you guys all know it all too well. It, it, and it doesn't matter if you're on the road a lot as a, a musician or on the road a lot as a traveling sales rep or whatever it is, consultant. I mean, the road gets hard after a while. And you, like anything in life, you have to fight the mental demons all the time. And sometimes, yeah, you hit you hit a bender for, for a few nights or whatever. And maybe you've got a friend like me that's like, stop sucking. If you right. don't stop sucking, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. And then people like Charlie are able to take that in and say, you know what, man, you're right. You know, like I like working with people where we can express our differences in a, in a diplomatic and professional way. And not everybody gets so emotional over everything. And, and I think that was the cool part about our band is we, we had that level of respect for each other. And yeah, we all made our mistakes. Um, but you know, that, that I think is the difference, especially in building a team, building a band, anything like that. If you've got somebody that's super emotional over everything, shit's not going to work. You know, yeah. I hate to say like, yeah. uh, go ahead and check out our Wikipedia page. I mean, we've got some ex band members on that list. That's quite a, <laughs> quite a long list, you know, cause everybody wants to be a rock star. Everybody wants to hit the road. And then when they see what it actually is, they don't have what it takes. And I wasn't going to let anybody step in the way of me getting there. Um, and it gave everybody a fair shot to get it figured out. But you know, and most of the time it was people just saying, I'm not cut out for this. I thought I was, I'm not, it wasn't me like you're fired. You're fired. Is that a good Trump impersonation? <laughs> you're fired. I forget what he does. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that there's, there's a mindset to all that stuff that I think is important to have the longevity that we all had in our musical careers.
you said something uh, critical, I think, there for our culture, which is like, you, you know, not being emotional, but I think it's really taking things personally because, like, when someone says something like that to you, you have options on how, like, you feel about it also. And then once you feel something, you can process it and be like, okay, where can I take responsibility? Even if I think in this instance, just being an asshole, whatever, where can I, how can I improve based on this? You know, like I think in our culture, we all, all too often, it's like we tell people like, Oh, you're fine the way you are. And you're just great. You're just such a good person and no one should ever say anything bad about you. And the truth is we all make mistakes and can learn and, and take that you can take criticism in one of you know multiple fashions and one of them needs to be constructive and right. you can look because and then in a culture when you become comfortable with yourself you can take criticism and you can apply it to yourself process it and then you can say yeah there is some improvement i can make here or no like i think that person's wrong and then you get to make that decision and i think culturally we're really lacking in that where everything has to be validated and everybody has to like uh, be kind and all these things that I just think is fluff for what's really happening in our culture. I agree. Yeah. I, I, even beyond that, taking that criticism, but, but I feel like people don't take the time to be retrospective or introspective, actually think about themselves or think about that experience and, and how am I going to make a change? We are a society of continuing to follow the same crash course if there's any level of something that's gonna be uncomfortable and we stay in long-term miserable relationships, we stay in long-term miserable job situations, we stay in bands we can't stand being in, you know, all these things versus, again, I think one of, one of the skill sets that I've learned over the years is to just almost step outside of my body and say, what can Jeff improve? How can I be better? Or, you know, I said that like a real asshole to Charlie. Like, I maybe want to not talk to people that way, you know, if, if that was the case for that particular one. So, yeah, I think the taking the criticism, but then also having the ability to, to just, uh, you know, be able to reflect on who you are and how your mind works and try to improve some of those things, it gets you in such a better spot so much faster. Yeah. It is also important how you approach a situation with, with someone. Like, Charlie, I don't know what exactly you said. Charlie's probably greatly exaggerated the situation. You were like, <laughs> you probably came up to him. You're like, hey, my friend, Charlie, one of the greatest people I've ever met in my life. You're an amazing bass player. One of the best that I've ever seen. Trust me. I know a lot of bass players, and people say that you're one of the best ones. All right? But I feel like maybe, uh, kind sir... You had a couple too many drinks, and I heard a, there was a note or two inside of that. that or uh, maybe, 12. Maybe try and tighten it up a little bit next time, uh, because this is very important to me, friend. I'm sorry. Let's go hang out. That's probably how you actually approached it, yeah. I would say. But if it were, in fact, closer to what Charlie said, luckily he's someone who could take any kind of criticism. So, you know, just ask our live group. You can take any kind of criticism <laughs> that there is. Yeah, that's a good uh, skill set. But it is always have. important, especially if you're dealing with someone that you don't know or you just met, to... Maybe realize that for every, you know, action, there's a reaction and uh, approach things in a way where someone doesn't get defensive and think that you're just being a dick. You know, I'm sure yeah. you've I'm sure you've had to pay attention oh, to I that from time to yeah. time. I mean, I didn't take it like he was being a dick at all in that situation. Actually, I, you didn't even understand the words that were coming out. Probably. What happened for me in that moment was I was like, oh, I was like, oh, maybe it wasn't as good as I thought it was like. <laughs> what happened here? And I was like, Oh, I did. I drank 10 long islands. That's a problem. <laughs> so yeah. that's how I, that's how I took it. I didn't think uh, anything. And I think 
like you said, that's how it worked in our band um, for the most part. And, and even our friendship. I mean, we were able to speak to each other uh, clearly and tell the truth and, and all that stuff. And people were able to accept it. I mean, our tour manager, Dave, we hated each other on the road and now he lives in Nashville and we're best friends. Yeah. I'm going to be, in, I'm going to be in his wedding. I'm going on his bachelor party trip, you know, like <laughs> nice. it's, it's weird how those things work out in life. Like even pe somebody you can butt heads with. Um, but when you're honest and truthful and those types of things, like it, I think the, it makes life so much easier because then it's a real person, you know, it's not somebody that's fake or flawed and you don't know if you can trust them or not. Like, I think being authentic and real, it, there's something to be said about that that's really lacking in our culture. Well, everyone knows that everyone has the same goal in mind. You're all working towards the same goal. And so when there is criticism, if both of you care the same way, even if someone does say something in a, in a dickish manner, you're like, okay. I certainly but, did. Yeah, yeah. We're, still, we're still working towards the same goal. He's got my best interest, his best interest. We both have the same interest in, in this moment. And so I, I need to take that to heart and move along with it. And that's why you still get along with, with Cause. You call him Dave. I don't even know. I'm just calling him Cause. Come Nate on. knows a lot about dicks <laughs> <laughs> and being dickish. All right. I do. Yeah, so, for sure. And we still get along. All right. So what, what about business? Well, first of all, what's the what's the your favorite band that you've ever toured with? We got to grow some gall darn beards and I've been working on it. Listen, absolutely no secret that women, the ladies, they love the beards. There's one thing we know, it's ladies. But tell you what. Since I started using this best beard stuff, I'm not even joking. It's right here. It's mm. right there on camera. Fighting off ladies left and right, Charlie. Let me tell you what. It's a full-time job. My wife's a little upset that I keep using this stuff. It's... Because we got people banging down the door. Won't leave me alone. We can't go out in public without people staring at this luscious beard. But listen, if you want to have a good beard, it's going to take some work. Whether you want some oils, styling products really good trimmers. There's a lot of stuff. Listen, there's like a beard community out there. I don't even know anything about it because they wouldn't let me in until now. Mm. <laughs> luckily. Now you're in the club. Listen, luckily we got Beard Club out there to help. As a leader in beard first men's growth and grooming, Beard Club delivers quality hardware and consumables that will help you get a better, thicker, and fuller looking beard. Now I got some products. I just shook one of them right here. I got this here. I got this here. Growth Vitamins. You can you smell them. They smell legit. And my hair is, is sprouting out of my face uncontrollably almost. <laughs> and as someone who knows about hair loss even during COVID. We lost a lot of good hair out there. These products do help. And I know there's also one of those little... It's like a yeah. derma roller. It's like a, Yeah. Tickles it, your face. It gets down deep in those mm -hmm. follicles. It and does. encourages them to come out of their shells. I know. They're, I have very introverted hair follicles yes. on my you know the, not anymore not anymore now they get because they, they get rolled up out seen of there. the the derma roll yeah. party but seriously you want to go to beardclub.com slash gml take the beard quiz which i failed a couple months ago but now i am acing that thing use our code gml at checkout and they'll recommend the grooming kit that's tailored to your beard's needs all right listen up grow your best beard today and take 20 percent off your first order when you go to beardclub.com slash gml and use the code gml that's beard club beard club.com slash gml that's code gml for 20 percent off your first order good luck bearding out there Ooh, favorite band that i ever toured with i i guess hmm, this is really tough 
I'd have to go with Theory of a Dead Man. Um, just really great guys. And again, getting into that culture, uh, Hollywood Undead, I'd say those two are kind of a tie. You know, we got to be friends with those bands. I have a lot of respect for the music and their longevity. They're both still out on the road now doing amazing things. So yeah, that was, I would say those are two tops, but we've been fortunate to tour with a ton of bands and you know, all the tours were, were good. And to Nate's point, the only time that I was like, damn, is when I saw the next tour wasn't queued up and ready to go. I didn't mm -hmm. know how to compute that. And that's when you get into that, you know, that darker space where you don't know where you're heading. But yeah, those are two of my favorite bands that we toured with. Let's rephrase that real quick, though. Who was your favorite band that ever opened for you one single time up in Wisconsin? And the lead singer got super drunk, and it was the first the time band. that we the whole, the entire band got super drunk. But it was a really fun show, and I was there. Well, there's this one <laughs> band. I didn't remember that all of you got that way. No, 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 we didn't. You don't no. remember that? <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't hammer drunk that night. Oh, post show you were for well, sure. Yeah, at the after party. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was the night time. I found out that Sailor Jerry existed. Yeah. Never Ooh. heard of it before. What was that spot called in Wisconsin? That that little bar that you could hold, I don't know, the room maybe held 100 people, and then the bar held like another 100. And for some reason, every time we played that venue, they just loved us. And it was like there were people going out the door. There were so many people there. Yeah. What was that place called? Do I think it was Mr. Heavy's at the time. Does that Mr. ring a bell? Heavy's? Uh, no. I remember exactly what it looks like. I can see it in my head, so I wasn't that drunk. Right. There's there's a music side and there's a bar side to it, right? Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It was called yeah. Mr. Heavy's. How long yeah. was that run we did, Nate, with Darling Parade? Was that did one, we do like a weekend warrior run? I think yes. we did just a couple a couple a, shows. It was a couple. Pretty yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still love your band, so you yeah, guys should thanks. maybe put something out. Like my consistency preaching was back at you, man. So yeah, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> nope. Not gonna happen. All right, so walk us through a little bit of, uh, about business, if you if you want to. Like you kind of mentioned how you got started, but uh, you know what are you working on these days? Uh, you know what? Uh, how, how did you go from zero to where you are now? Um, you know, just kind of walk us through what what your entrepreneurial entrepreneurial mindset is. It's not an easy word to say. It's mm -mm. not. No, they made it difficult. Mm -mm. Yeah. Well, I think there there's a few different facets. I, I mean, I've become increasingly interested in, you know, certainly the social aspect, but things like podcasts, being able to keep in touch with our fan base, even outside of putting out music. We don't tour like we used to, you know, we've got our pockets where we'll do a couple weeks and stuff or we'll play some festivals. Um, so at this point in time, we haven't really toured like we used to. So I've, I've been looking for more innovative ways to keep in touch, um, you know, with our fan base. And certainly, I'm an artistic guy, even though I've got this business side of my mind, I love creating, I love coming up with ideas. And so the podcast is something where I can talk about my journey to improving as a person, to improving as a business person, as a dad, as a husband. There's just so many facets to life to me that are exciting and things that you can continue to want to win at. I want to win at being the best husband. I want to win at being a dad that inspires my daughters to be whatever the heck they want to be. I mean, that that's the kind of person I want to be. And I want to be that to people in my band, people that I work with from a, a business perspective. So that's, that's step number one. I've, I've, 
accepted the fact that I want to be more in that space and that is a creative outlet for me besides putting out music and in addition to that I've started to do just some of my own solo music stuff as well so things more on the pop and hip-hop you know Charlie mentioned Eminem and things like that you know I still I still love those styles of music and pop punk and there's all this stuff that I'm influenced by that three pill morning isn't necessarily that but I wanted an outlet to be able to continue to create so I've got this artistic side of my mind and then back on you know where I'd say I'm spending more time is building out a technology company and really challenging myself to figure out what it takes to be a CEO to be a leader um, I was a leader from a music perspective but you start adding technical personalities you start adding sales reps you start adding all these different personas that exist in a corporation or a larger organization and there's a lot of things to figure out for how you're going to lead how you're going to motivate um, how you're gonna have success and and also come up with making sure that no matter what is going on in the world you're going to lead your business to success and you know I think I don't pay, I don't, I'm fortunate that I don't have to pay as much attention to the news that you guys do to, you know, to keep up on things and, and have that perspective. But, you know, if I paid attention to the recession and this and that, if you are not focused on growing your business, you can let the news just crush you. And I, I think that's, these are the things that I'm focusing on from a business perspective is how to lead how to inspire and how to improve myself, um, and, and enjoy it, you know? So th I guess those are the four facets right now. How, how would you say COVID affected all of this, like business, music, how did it change things? And then as you just said, like, what did you focus on rather than the doom and gloom? Like, uh, what did you focus on to keep the growth going? Well, I'll start with the doom and gloom of COVID for me. It was the first time in my life, because we spent this whole, you know, episode talking about how you push yourself forward, be consistent, you can accomplish just about anything. COVID's the first time in my life where I thought it might be bullshit, you know, because I watched people take that away from us. They took the away the ability to do anything. They locked down our businesses. They did all this stuff. To me, that was the first time I was like, maybe I don't have as much control over that. I don't have as much freedom as I thought I had before. And that that hit me for a second. But I, I let it only be a second because, again, staying consistent, pursuing, looking at the opportunity that did exist there where I, I saw, you know, we were distributing. We've got Zoom calls. We've got all this stuff. Well, the beauty is I'd been doing that for a decade plus, you know, from the van or from the tour bus. I knew how to do business in a distributed world. I knew how to do business in COVID-like times. So um, we were able to flourish as far as that's concerned and keep growing and keep the focus on that. Um, so, yeah, that that's, I guess, two sides to that because I was in shock that we could lock down things the way that we did and we kept it for as long as we did and, and I like to think of myself as an incredibly logical person and things just weren't adding up to me behind the logic of some of the things and I lived in California at the time which made it even worse where they're locking yeah. down our beaches and you know I moved there because I wanted to be a block from the beach you know I didn't move there to say <laughs> don't look at someone cause you might get it kind of stuff, you know, and I'm not looking to, to go into a whole COVID conversation, but that was the, the initial reaction as that the lockdowns extended and my wife having a business that was brick and mortar that got locked down. You know, we, we had to deal with a lot of, a lot of con not controversy, but a lot of I don't know, challenges. Yeah. So yeah, that then fortunately, like I said, um, you know, you, you tie your shoes tight and you just buckle up and you get stuff done and you figure out, all right, 
this is the new world. This is the new economy, new world order. This is the new world. Um, <laughs> you know, you got that stuff coming your way and you got to figure out how you're going to capitalize on that. So it, it didn't, it slowed down touring, obviously didn't play any shows for two years. Um, you know, again, because I knew that wasn't happening, that really slowed down my desire to write and put up music and, and things along those lines. So I had to get myself back out of that headspace. And I did that about a year ago and really started churning out some really cool stuff. Um, but yeah, beyond that, it was, what else are you going to do? You know, just sit there and mope about it and get freaked out all the time. Or are you going to turn the news off and say, this is actually an opportunity. How am I going to capitalize on it? What am I going to do that other people aren't doing because they're too spending too much time walk, watching the news or something. So that that's the direction I took things. And man, I'm glad I did. Cause I did believe that it was going to come back to some sense of normalcy, but I, I'd say I'm probably a little more guarded that there can be massive change that can happen in the blink of an eye. So again, plan for that. How can we plan for that? How can we do the best that we can knowing that that circumstance may come again sometime in our lifetime? Yeah, I don't watch the news either. Uh, Nate does that. <laughs> Thanks, good. Nate. That's a good idea. What a, what a nice guy, you know. Just, Luckily, uh, bad news is how we grow our business. So <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you said a couple important things there. and um, Just two? Uh, well, a couple okay. yeah, that I'm going to highlight. All right. And then we're going to discuss more. Um, uh, one of them was the fact that I, I think that's what we try to do here, which is like uh, we couple like trying to make the world a better place by, by uh, you know, talking about the principles of freedom and why it's so important for humans to flourish. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we couple that with the responsibility of like, you know, as Gary Vee said, the market's the market. You know, like, why would I worry about this or that or, you know, those types of things? Because I can still find a way to be successful in that. Now, I mean, eventually it can be so bad that obviously <laughs> history teaches us that, you know, it can be so bad that you don't have a choice. But uh, the other thing I want to say is you mentioned your wife's own business. Um, you know, she is also an entrepreneur. I saw she has a podcast and you guys do a podcast together. Mm -hmm. You have all these different things. What does it mean to have... Um, let's say maybe a power couple or have a spouse that's so supportive who it, while well, she does her own thing and she understands the business world. And like, does that help as a team to grow uh, together to be uh, more successful? Absolutely. Um, you know, again, it's, it, <laughs> I said this before, but it's the an analogy I like it's, it's who's in your boat. And when you start looking at your partner, your spouse, um, boyfriend, girlfriend, they, they, whatever that period of time that you're together, that you shape each other. And I think regardless of what it is, if you're at polar opposite ends of your viewpoints on things, it's going to make life really challenging. And this is where you see people in relationships really struggle is people may have very polarizing views on things. And yeah, in, in a relationship, there's give and take and there's compromise. But when you're talking completely from two different viewpoints and you know she understands what it takes to start a business from scratch, to build a business, what the effort takes. And so supporting my efforts on the music side, same, same thing or any crazy business idea I have. And then for us to come together and do things that are a little outside of our comfort zone, which is spinning up a podcast and doing this stuff and posting more on social media. I never spent any time on my personal social. It was always about the band. That was the only thing that I ever posted about. Um, but now I'm starting to get more into, you know, I, I like some of the, the ways that we can look at life and I want to share that with other people. And if that does inspire one person to think differently or helps them, um, you know, again, it's just a different viewpoint. So having that 
support structure, especially once you move beyond the family aspect of it and you start looking at your own relationships and family, that is a huge, huge key to it for sure. Nice. Yeah, I was just, um, I was wondering while you were talking about working with your wife, like, okay, what about politics though? You guys get along on that? How's, how's that going for you? We do. We do. You know, again, fortunate to have someone that, you know, we see the world the same way. The stuff that drives us nuts is the same. You know, I'd say if I was going to pick our political orientation, we both be good morning, Liberty listeners, you know, so so that's, (laughs) yeah, that's right. Whatever that is. I'm a card carrying libertarian. (laughs) You are. Yeah. Got my card in the mail about a month ago. Real libertarian. I like the direction that they're moving. You know, um, I hate all politics, honestly. Um, I just it's a disgusting business. It, it really is. is. Yeah, it's real ragged, and it's and it's getting worse. And it's for me, it's both sides. Like you know, I just it, they're all terrible, and all they care about is their own selfish tendencies and getting reelected. And um, I, you know, my biggest thing is I just uh, I believe in people so much that I think that if they just had the freedom and a little bit of encouragement, that they could accomplish amazing things. And we have this. I just get so tired of the victim mentality and, and everybody's a winner and you don't learn or grow and you're just fine the way you are. And it's everyone else's fault that I'm just like, if we, you know, if we could change our mindsets in a manner from which, uh, from out of that narrative into a new, um, it's one of the reasons I like uh, someone like uh, the Nazi Jordan Peterson. <laughs> so much. Like, I don't know if that's a, his technical name. What but... a horrible guy who just yeah. encourages people and teaches you about personal responsibility. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, I you know it's been a great conversation. We've really enjoyed having you on. Um, I want to hear more about. I want to hear about the podcast though for well, sure because I, gonna, I gotta go yeah, check it out. So I was gonna tell him. Tell okay. us about turn it up. Uh, tell us about your wife's stuff too. People, all the ladies listening, maybe you want to check hey, out ladies. female influence. What up? <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Give us a spiel. No, appreciate that. Yeah, like I mentioned, in between putting out new music, certainly that's still a big part. Um, started turn it up, which is just what we're talking about here today. It's the things that I'm, uh, I guess, realizing about myself, the things that I'm realizing about life, and I'm just kind of capturing those moments and talking into this mic, just like you guys do, and throwing it out there on the internet, saying, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking right now. Do you guys like it?" And Again, there's there's a lot of great podcasts out there that that can help motivate. I get really into the business podcasts and things like that. I'm, I'm into cryptocurrency, although that's not such a exciting thing right now for most people. <laughs> but you know, those kind of things um, is what Turn It Up is all about. And so it's going to have aspects of business. It's going to talk about the the trials and tribulations from a music business perspective. It's going to talk about music. I kind of incorporate lyrics into the message of uh, each podcast episode because to me, lyrics are some of the most powerful things that. That have ever existed and to to actually pull those out and apply those to your life and your experiences to me is something I, I haven't really seen done but it's something I think about all the time is you know lyrics hit me whether I'm writing my own or thinking about other songs so that's that's what turn it up is and that's a lot of fun to do um, my wife spun up the Entrepreneur podcast and that is We've started five salons in five different markets as I've moved around with the band and we moved around for business. We've had to start from zero in every single uh, market. So we're like, this is, this is important stuff. We have some, we have a playbook for how to be successful. And to Charlie's point, we believe everyone can be successful. If you get over the, the, I don't know, the fear and you get over what everybody else is telling you to do and you have people that you trust that have been there before that can tell you, hey, here's what I would do. And we're just kind of putting that information out there. So again, I, I think 
everything I'm doing right now is about enjoying what I'm doing, but it's also trying to deliver a message to maybe people that need to hear it and enjoy what I have to say. Um, just like I enjoy listening to GML and your guys' perspective on things. I like that you say shit now more often. You know, you guys were a little <laughs> too clean for me earlier, yeah. but uh, you know, no, you guys are doing an awesome job and I appreciate you having me on. Well, my mom's not listening to this interview. She'll listen to it later, but you know. He'll give a hateful text later yeah. about all my, the quarters in the square jar. My mom's part of the live group, and so, you know, I gotta, you know, out of respect, you know. I, I'm the same way. We are both the same way on this. I yeah. have never cursed in front of my parents in my entire. I'm 35. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm 35. I've never cursed in front of my parents. And uh, nice that's job. a big leap for me, you know? You know, it's a it's a really big step. I'm gonna edit out all that stuff that we said earlier. By the way, <laughs> nice, just nothing but beeps, and you're like, yeah, that Jeff guy, he's yeah. out of control. It's he said even... he said s bombs twice. Yeah, they never even told me not to. I just thought it was respectful. You know, just to I, I agree just with to put you. up that fake persona. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, Nate and I talk about all the time about doing like a secret show where we don't like release our names, but we can say whatever we want because there's a lot of controversial things I could say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. that I'm not putting out there. And and not that I'm being fake by any means. That's not what I mean by that. It's just like Nate and I joke around in a very particular way that could be, um, what, misconstrued per perhaps? Uh, I could say it could be misconstrued. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so anyway, uh, that's that. Well, where uh, where can the uh, the people go? Uh, obviously, with the band stuff, I know 3pillmorning.com. That's listed in our show notes. Uh, do you have any uh, websites or like personal uh, social media to direct them to for yeah. the podcast? Yeah, I would go to my Instagram is kind of the central hub and that has a, a link tree that goes out to all the other sites. Uh, Jeff Stebbins one, not the weird way to say Jeff. It's J E F F like the American Jeff J E F F Stebbins S T E B B I N S one. Cause someone else had to be there before me, you know, before mm. I got my big social yeah. kick. So yeah, check me out there. All right, Jeff. Well, we really appreciate you coming on, telling your story, uh, you know, reminiscing, having a good conversation. Everyone go check out Turn It Up and Three Pull Morning. And uh, Jeff, he's got a lot of good information, a lot of good experience. Uh, so go check that out. And uh, like I said, we appreciate talking to you and having you on. So thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll see you all soon.